I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Self-Helpful. I'm your guide, Kevin Miller, and I curate the sea of new personal development messages to bring the most influential leaders onto this show. Join me as I question my guests to better understand their counsel so we can all integrate the wisdom into our lives because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. The Self-Helpful Podcast is presented by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches. Visit Ziggler.com. Welcome to the peak wellness episode where we seek to strengthen our bodies, our foundations, and build our lives on top of them. In this episode of Self-Helpful, uh, how to greatly influence your possibility for dementia. It's this issue, dementia, that used to be a rarity, and it's now become one of the greatest fears of everyone over 50, I think even younger. And it's getting to the point now where we expect as a culture that mental impairment is a given for aging, and it's just not. I mean, does genetics play a part? Yes, but it should be minimal. Does lifestyle play a part? Yes, really the biggest. And if hearing you have massive power to control whether you get dementia or any cognitive decline is good news to you, you will want to tune in to this episode. And please know you won't hear any shaming. I mean, my gosh, as I record this right now, I may have dementia in my future. Absolutely concrete. The research shows, however, that I have a lot of control over delaying and mitigating it, and you do too, and that's what this episode is about. And friends, if you want to watch this, I'm going to keep saying this for a while, but if you want to watch the full episode on YouTube, you can do that now. Go search for Self-Helpful with Kevin Miller. You can subscribe there and watch the shows. Apparently about 30% of podcast listeners, that's where they do it. This is one of those topics that is, when I really think about it, it's mind blowing. Like to think back to when I was a kid and, you know, in school there were, you know, food allergies. And so I just, I knew one kid who had to have an extra chocolate milk or something for probably some diabetic thing, or whatever, but it's just, it was unheard of. We all ate our gluten, we ate our stuff, whatever. And now same thing, dementia, you know, it was once in a while you'd be at a family gathering or know somebody and they got, you know, grandma or grandpa, who's just kind of not there. And now today, as I think about the reality of the culture and the norm that we so often talk about, it seems that it is the norm to expect that, yes, your parents are going to get dementia and you are too. And when you find, when you're at the gathering now and there's the 85 year old person who's just all lively, it's like this, oh, wow, the special person over here who's still with it cognitively, we expect dementia. I don't even know if people are scared of it anymore overall, because it's just kind of the norm. That's a good intro. It's a good way to bring it up because your perspective is exactly right and exactly wrong. All right. So when you talk to probably the group 
who are most of our listeners, you know, in the middle aged kind of a group, we've got parents that are aging. And right now, if you talk to the 60 year old, 65 year old, they will say the number one fear is dementia. It is now people fear that more than cancer. So cancer has been the great fear medically. I don't want to get cancer, you know, forever. And in cancer needs to be the topic of another show. Uh, today we're talking about dementia and the fact that it is what people fear the most because they, they now see, because it's so common, everybody has an uncle or a parent and they now see it. And so I will talk to those kids who are 40, 50, 60 and say, I will not go through that. Help me to do whatever so that I don't put my family through that because it's, it's 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 cruel it's it's just an unimaginable situation where this person is now no longer there so mom as we knew her is is gone but there's this shell of a person that we have to take care of what and i and i i'm uh tuned into the vernacular that now you and i are just over you know or i just turned 50 you're just over 50 and that's kind of the thing of yeah you know, i'm 50 can't you know i'm can't can't think straight anymore. There's that early early stage dementia. We joke about it, but that was again that, that vernacular didn't exist when we were kids because it just wasn't that common. Now it is kind of we're speaking ourselves into the expectation that that is a, a possibility. Norm. And this came back from the however many weeks ago the you know what magic pill would you take or if you had a magic pill what would you address? And I, what I just showed you a minute ago, I read it off. Jan Johnson, that's my wife's aunt. So on Facebook, she posted that. So that would mean I know she must be she must be seventy somewhere, mm-hmm. just over just over seventy ish or and something. Guaranteed, like that. she's got a friend or a family member. Mom, her mom. Her, so okay. my wife's grandmother is ninety nine, uh-huh. trying to make it to a hundred right now, and she's pretty there. I mean, she's not you know where she was and stuff, but she's relatively. She's not you know totally. Well, up, but they're seeing it. Yeah. And even so, once you get over 85, you're in what we call the elder elder. So these these are even though everybody kind of knows somebody who knows somebody that's in their mid 90s or something, it it really isn't that common. Right. Like after 85, the death rate significantly sharpens and the people who are the docs in the longevity crowd and uh, like Peter Atiyah and people like that that say we can live to 100 vibrantly. okay, but even. Even right now, if your brain is really with it at 95, you're probably not mowing your lawn and doing your gardening and going skiing and hiking and things like that. Maybe you could be, but through my lens, I would say, you know what? If I'm well and skiing, we always use skiing as the example here in Colorado, because that's pretty aggressive at 85. And we've had a few patients like that. That's my success bar. Well, we see, we see them constantly. That's, I mean, every yeah. time you're out on the slopes, and we were just out, and you see the, you know, the, the, the old guy, and just like, swooshing down yeah, with a smile. I want to be that guy. Yeah. Okay. So, and then everything after that is icing on the cake. But even at 85, you don't want to wind up, you know, with a stroke, and then from 85 to 95, you're in the in the nursing home with dementia and stuff like that. So, but I think the guy who's well enough to be skiing at 85 is less likely to be the guy with dementia. At whatever age, along I, I, the way. And I was going to, that's exactly where I was going to go is, be, you know, again, not to make everything down to physical fitness, but that again, that cutoff that I see that we have this subconscious myth, I believe my experience, the subconscious feeling in our intelligent Western, you know, yeah. culture that we can be job of the hut. And yet our mind works, you know, and the, and the right. person that okay. sits there and mm-hmm. creates something brilliant <laughs> and their body is, is, is just toast, but their brain is just work, working great. And it, it's impossible. It's a fallacy. Yeah. If you know somebody or you are that person whose body is a, an absolute wreck and yet you're still producing good work, then my statement would be how much gooder could it be? Or how much longer could you be doing? Will you be able to do gooder work? That's right. If or how you lucky are, are you? If you are well, yeah, again, it's not just, to make it all fitness because somebody's going to go, no. well, I know this guy man he used to run a marathon every week and he had a heart attack or he did get dementia exceptions everywhere but by far and large if you have somebody who's physically fit able well their mind is going to go along with it and we don't see that many people who have a mind doing well in later years that is in physical disrepair sure that and we had talked earlier about okay 
getting cutting right to the chase to protect your mind to invest in your mind is it all going to go through the physical lens and no right it's one of the pieces to be sure was it last time no last time we did adrenal fatigue but then the time before that we talked to the physically fit guy you know what's your physical identity and those people who have a physical identity of job of the hut are going to increase their chances of losing their mind right that's how you opened up our, our show here. You said it's mind blowing. In fact, it is. <laughs> it's mind stopping. <laughs> mind stopping. Uh, uh, okay, here I got a question for you o- on the other piece too. We should probably do a show on Parkinson's, but I'm going to use that as a lead-in okay. because Parkinson's. There's a fun. You were at a conference. There's a functional medicine doc, I think, there that had that developed Parkinson's and had the decline. So I tell the story uh, wrong. You're telling the story wrong. But the doc who wrote the story is uh, Norman Doidge, who wrote the brain's way of healing and the brain that heals itself are, are his two kind of main works. And uh, then told the story and had and posted an, an interview with a guy who walked himself out of Parkinson's. Okay, that was. Yeah. Okay, so we should. I don't know how far we want to go into Parkinson's. I mean, no, I would deviate well, back from that. Well, let me come into it then because, because what you said to some degree is not to, we, we need to talk about that specifically, but within Parkinson's, there is some aspect. He walked himself out that it's a disease of, what did you say? Of, of, uh, of not moving. Oh yeah. Like if you have somebody okay. instead, cause what you do is, you know, you have this thing and you start protecting yourself, protecting yourself and you're not moving. And when you do the, do the opposite and work our way out of it, right. It may not be totally fair. Okay. So, but my, it's my lead into over here. What is the aspect of dementia that happens okay. because of the lack of cognitive workout? Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about dementia through the lens of Alzheimer's because that is the most common one. I don't even know the difference. Uh, Okay. So, so right with dementia in and of itself and what, what makes Alzheimer's dementia versus Lewy body dementia versus, uh, cardiovascular dementia versus, you know, if somebody gets an infection and they have meningitis and things like that. So let's just not go into the subsets of those kind of things, because then that would be for the, for me or the doctor or the neurologist to try to say, okay, what's the subset? And then how are we going to treat it? Whatever level of manifestation of a cognitive decline. Yeah, let's go with that. And let's also say we need to define our terms because everybody, like you said, talks about, well, oh my goodness, I forget where I put the keys or where I parked the car or what I had for dinner last night or those kind of things. And, and, and it is true that people can forget things. And that doesn't mean that you're, oh my gosh, you're going to have dementia. Right. So, uh, and most of that, to be quite honest with you, is just what you choose to pay attention to. Uh, thank you. I was I'm writing notes on that. So <laughs> can I bring that out? Because I have, uh, it, it started to become a, a kind of a joke that I don't like of me being the absent-minded professor. Right. But all that is, it means I have a, you could say a personality style or a chosen propensity. I like it. Of I like to be distracted. I like to be paying attention to things. I like to be thinking about ideas and thoughts. And I'm thinking about something often when you're sitting there talking to me, I'm looking right at your face and then you finish and I go, say that again. I was not because I was thinking over here and we could pawn that off as, oh, that's my propensity. It's also my choice because I chose to think about, think about that thing. Yeah. So is my short term memory? No, I'm just choosing to think about other things. I don't, there's a right. lot of things I don't care to remember. And I just don't care. And I don't have to now. Well, I was just going to say, your wife is going to know that about you and say, Kevin, pay attention. Pay attention. <laughs> That's right. And I can and make when that you choice. Do, yeah. You will remember. Absolutely. Okay. Now, then there will come a time when somebody says, my wife is telling me that we went through the, hey, pay attention kind of thing. And I still forgot. Sure. Okay. So this is going to be the area of subjective cognitive impairment. So the first layer is subjective so it's not even measurable but we call it sci and there is a degree so in the clinic to every person i will ask this question in your own opinion is your memory worse than what it was in your own opinion well, is you, your, you're 52 is yours oh yes i really? would say yeah like Why? i can remember well i don't know it, dr- it troubles me and i, I don't know that know i believe- my telomeres are off and some i don't know that i believe you oh, well here's my example when i was in high school college there were moments when somebody would say, uh, I'm going to give you my phone number. And I would look him in the eye and say, just tell me I'll remember. I would never, ever, ever say that right now. Even okay. if I may go memorize Keep going, it, memorize. I'm going to argue against you. Okay. Yes. And then in college, there would be, I would approach a class that I'm interested in, not one I don't like. And I would say, I'm, I know I'm going to remember this stuff and get an A 
Okay. And and now, I th- okay, I think I could do that, but it would take me more time. Okay. It would take me more effort. Yeah. So that's where my subjective cognitive impairment. Okay. And I, I shouldn't say I have an argument, but I, I, I am prone to think that you're missing a, rea- a reality back then. So let's, how many okay. years ago was that? 30. 30. How many things have happened that fill up your mind? One, since then. And two, how many more things do you have to keep track of today than you did back then? Right. So back to our example, I'd say, it's, I'd say it's dramatic. So if you yeah. had, if you have this much, I'm holding my hands up for people listening to the audio. If you had, <laughs> if you had a foot of bandwidth, I'm going to make right. a stupid analogy. If you had a foot of bandwidth back then, you had 10 things in there to remember. And so right. tell me a phone number. I got it. I'm only thinking of 10. I only got, I have very little going on in my life today, 30 years later, wife, kids, finances, business, you've got, instead of 10 things, you have a hundred things in there that you're keeping track on, that you're balancing, that you're juggling, whatever. And so somebody gives you a phone number and it goes in and goes, I I don't even make an attempt to, I'm going to put it on my phone. I don't even try to have that memory, but the things that I can cognitively grab onto and access, I'm going to look back at that 30 year old and says, man, I can remember all this. I'm going to say, shut up. You have so little to keep track of relatively I, to me, I'm going to argue and wonder, I wonder if okay. your brain and memory and ability is higher is, overall. Okay. The capacity. That, capacity. That that's the word you use. He, yes. And let's keep that idea going because what time does, and the reason why, generally speaking, a, 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 an eight-year-old can learn Chinese better than you can. They can memorize a Bible verse faster than you can. They just can. Because what's happened between eight and 48 if you think of the brain as a bush, is pruning. Because between 8 and 48, I chose not to learn Chinese. So my language developing process got pruned and that whole, because I, okay. I, I, I pruned it over in a different direction to where I could think about these other things with greater adeptness. So one of the reasons why I may not be able to remember a phone number better is because I try to remember these other things better. And my brain has... And, and I have chosen to foster it down that pathway. So now people are starting to see the complexity of what's going on there. So if, if I'm pruning my brain within the context of job of the hut, that is a less good job pruning process. It yeah. meaning exercise, the physical piece, the BDNF, things we talked about two shows ago of how to fertilize the brain, exercise being one of them, sleep being one of them, all of that. As you're, as in my case, I grew, well, I went through two kind of careers. I became a, a German specialist. I learned German and then I became a medical specialist over here. And like you say, I also had to learn how to do taxes and be married and raise a kid and run a business and all of that. Yeah. So, I'll give you that. Well, uh, give me, uh, give me a little more, or, or I want to question, I want to ask a little more because if I take that, if you take the kid and you say, if you're going to teach this, what, what age did you say? Eight. Eight. Uh, teach them Chinese. Yeah. And they're going to have an hour class per day yep. and their propensity to learn Chinese. And we're going to come over here and give you an hour per day. And you say that because of the pruning and whatever, yeah. you are going to be less efficient yeah. uh, with less capacity. But then I want to take that. I want to give the third option is put you in prison today and s- absolutely stop your life. Stop it. You, you have no, you have no family contact. Yeah. You're, uh-huh. you're in okay. solitary confinement and give you that same hour of learning to no more, no more, but just an hour where I'm going to say your focus and capacity increased has got to increase okay. significantly. I don't know if it's as much as that eight year old, but significantly right. just because we took everything else off of your plate. Okay. Yeah. I think both are true in this case. Well, it's, it's another That's integer it. that I don't want, that I feel like is unfair. Right. We, we give people the grace and the credit of saying, there is a lot going on in our lives today. I'm just going to question the black and white or the polarization of saying that you're of where your memory is now, as opposed to 30 okay. years ago when you could remember that number, because I'm going to say, man, I bet your access to so much that you've experienced and so much you're keeping track okay. of today is so this, significantly. This more. is the concept of neuroplasticity, right? That right. I over here where I may have pruned off a language branch over here, I've grown yeah. twice as much branches over here. So the overall robustness of the bush, we could argue is is better. And in the past, and many people still would wrongly think, so whoever's listening to this, you don't, you know, I lost all my brain cells in college, I drank too much and these kind of things. It's like, well, if between college and now you were job of the hut and you kept drinking and you didn't do anything, then yeah, you are losing them. Yeah. But 
if you are investing into your brain, you are growing a brain. And compared to your eight-year-old brain over here, this branch is going to be much better. And yeah, I chose to let go of Chinese. So a little bit of the bothness there. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. I want to ask, can I ask about investing in the brain? Uh Um, If I am, I'll use me. So if I'm me and I'm eating, what? Can I? I And I'm eating the way that I am. Let's say that I'm eating well. Okay. So today, today I'm, I, today I am, I am eating well today. Uh I am, I'm sleeping well today. Uh Overall, I'm sleeping well today. I think my stress level as far as worry, anxiety is better than in previous years. It can always be better. That's probably my, my biggest issue. Um, But let's say I'm doing these things well. I'm exercising well. 
which I am. I'm, I'm doing that. Uh, and so I'm doing all these things well. And yet uh, I'm going to have to make this up. I have a very monotonous or, or consistent life, a okay. very uh, not brain stimulating. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to be, let's say your job is fairly rote. Yeah. Consistent, monotonous, not stressing, not, not rhythmic. Cause we, there's a goodness to rhythm, but let's say the job is not stimulating. Okay. And and let's say I I don't have a lot of new things happening, a lot of whatever, especially if I travel, you're not reading a new book, you're not having a debate with somebody. It'd be better if I didn't have so many kids. Let's say I have one kid or I should be old enough to have kids out of the house. So you're shaming me for only having three kids. Yes. I I, I don't hear you. Anyways, you know, so it's not that, yes, let's go with stimulating. My brain's not. It, keep going. Well, you're right. Okay. So, so over here, cause I wonder and hope that my life that does have, yeah, you know, with, with all the kids, there's something new every day. You and I both are at the, at the state of new business stuff constantly. I mean, yeah. every day we have something new that we are choosing to partake, participate in. Um, th- and because, and by proxy of being business owners and with the economy and whatever things change and you have to mortgage that I assume. And because my well, gosh, we're reading, we're trying to learn, we're yeah. talking about ideas. I am hoping that I am stimulating my brain in a way, as opposed to the former example that we gave. And so th- and that's where I was going with Parkinson's. If it, if it has some correlation to a lack of movement that does dementia, even with good health and wellness, yeah. fitness, skiing, that I can still have my brain in a place. Let me, let me cut to the chase. Okay. The number one food for the brain. When people say, how do I stimulate my brain? Number, absolute number one is novelty. Wow. You didn't expect that one probably. People no, but it's, it, but it's a duh. It's a duh. Quite once like, of you, course. Once you start thinking about yeah. it, that's right. So, you know, people say, should I work crosswords? Should I do Sudoku? Should I do this? Should I do that? And so we uh, jumped that's, ahead that's a little I thought, bit. Because yeah, if I'm doing Sudoku every single day, then whatever part of my brain that's doing that is doing it every single day. It's not that's new. Right. At some point, you're, it's going to plateau, I well, would think. You're going to get better at Sudoku. <laughs> but am I going to... Get better at life? It, not necessarily. Well, but is my, is my body going to acclimate and plateau to that? Like, to I, like I'd be better to do it. And now, now let's do something different. Well, yeah, just... I don't know if you were there, but yesterday we were talking about pull-ups and I've been stuck at 15. Oh yeah. You know, because in, and even just my body acclimated to 15 and I can do 15. And even if I go a couple of weeks, I can still do 15, but to go to 18 just is like this plateau thing. And what I need to do is cross train. Yeah. And not just keep, anyway, let's come back to the brain. So I'm going to come to the novelty thing by going through this. So SCI, subjective cognitive impairment, and then MCI mild cognitive impairment and now your family knows and and it's your wife always is going to be the first to know usually or a business partner somebody that's really like our friend james has a business partner and there's that you know that that issue but the family knows and they're like dad it's not just you know absent-minded professor you just asked that question five minutes ago and you totally forgot. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, really? Okay, so mild cognitive impairment. And now we can do some testing, some cognitive testing, neuropsych testing, a MOCA test, uh, a, uh, a many mental status exam test, an MMSC. So now it's becoming medical. Uh, but the scary part is there's no drugs for this. And the quote unquote war on dementia, Alzheimer's, the, the investment into drugs for Alzheimer's is the greatest, is a really good example of the catastrophic failure of the American medical approach. We've got some great successes with cancer, some great successes with heart disease. Uh, in fact, we were wrong a couple of shows ago where we said the in the death rate of heart disease is going down. But then I think we said, but the incidence of hypertension, high cholesterol, all those kind of things are still going up. We just have better medicines. I was going to say, we're just better at uh, a band-aid life support. And, and that's right. Keeping somebody go. It doesn't mean still, well, not even life support. They're, they're still functioning. Well, me- medical support, medical sure. support. You so, need the medical crutches yeah. to keep you. So we're still getting sicker, but medicine is getting better at keeping yeah. you alive. alive while you're sure. Which yeah. now back over here to the brain though. And we've got Aricept and Amenda, two medicines and, and they all, now some docs will argue they themselves fail. They halt the decline in some people 
but we cannot figure out which people it's going to work in and which people, and it makes some people worse. But regardless, we're talking about a medicine that shouldn't be needed because, That's right. okay, can, can I, is it fair to take these? Cause we started off with fitness and now we're talking about brain stimulation. Are those our primary two legs for this? Let, let me go back to your novelty. Uh, well, no. And here's okay. why. So, so how do you then protect your brain? How do you invest in your brain and what if you start seeing mild cognitive impairment what if the family starts saying you know we're right now they just laugh it off because that's what we do just like we laugh off the 20 extra pounds around our middle or i can't run a mile because my knees hurt or well i guess i'm middle-aged you know this happened to my dad and all of these other things that we talk about in all our, our shows so yeah. don't laugh that off it is now is the time to invest in your brain even harder. And so how do you do that? What are the pillars? Certainly exercise is going to be one of them. Certainly novelty and investment in the brain. I want to come back to that one. But sleep, my goodness, this one is a huge one. And most of us have been in our professional lives from 25 to 65 on a six or even less, less than six to less than seven hours average. Okay. To okay. get things done. And I would say, well, then you should expect dementia. And those people aren't exercising, well, you should expect dementia. And those people aren't investing in novelty, you should expect dementia. And, and here we are, where the culture around us, like you said at the beginning now, expects it. Okay. So, well, and, and we, and well, so then go ahead and hit genetics. Okay. Now, genetics, in this case, we have to mention because, um, because it's something that we can actually measure and recognize. So let me use the example of Caucasian skin. So here we are, and maybe you're a half degree fairer than me. So we would say, okay, you're that much more likely to have a sunburn. Genetically, mm -hmm. you and I would go outside and, and 30 minutes earlier, you've got to put on your sunscreen than me. Or if we got a friend who's uh, an Indian guy, then they never have to use this stuff. Or if we got a friend over here who's got porcelain skin, they never go outside without it. Yeah, That is a genetic reality and, and everybody has a different lifestyle choice of wear a hat, don't go outside without sunscreen. That is a lifestyle thing that everybody out there automatically does without thinking because that's something we can see. How, am I a white guy, a black guy? What do I have to do? Okay. Everybody out there has an APO for an APOE status. So this is apolipoprotein E status. And what, so what is that genetically? Everybody, just like you have a color of your skin, which is related to how much melanin is in your skin, that is genetically pre-programmed. You don't have a lifestyle thing around that. You respond with your lifestyle. Right. So everybody pre-programmed is, is an APOE4 and, and then now you have to say from the parents, so a 4-4 four, four, or there's three and, then, and there's two. So the combinations of 4-3 or 4-2 or 3-3 three, three or 3-2, three, and so there's those various combinations. If you're a 4, then you have an increased risk of Alzheimer's. If you're a 4-4, four, four, that's a 15% chance right off the bat. Statistically. But okay. let's, let's go back to skin. Right. Kevin. You, you're that much more whiter than me. We could give a statistical number. Let's use 15%. You're 15% chance more likely to get into sunburn than me. Does that mean that you're going to have to get a sunburn tomorrow? Mm -mm. Does it mean that your lifestyle choices have no bearing on whether or not you get a sunburn? Well, I was going to say, I mean, the, our adjustment towards it is different. You have 100% I, control yeah. over how you live tomorrow. This is what freaks people I, out. I was going to say, so what was the measurement? PP? APO. APOE. So apolipoprotein E. It's, this is cholesterol. This is one of the cholesterols. But, but to exaggerate it, I would kind of say it for myself. I don't care what it is. Okay. Because you know, well, hang on. Either way, I, if I I'm going to do that, if I'm going to debate with you. Yes, but you if do. I'm going to do the things to, to, to ward off That's dementia. Right. You're going to do them anyway. Hopefully. Yeah. That's right. But let's just say you're a 4-4. Okay. Okay. Now you know uh, you have an added vested interest. The to, highest propensity. That's right. Because what you don't do in your life is mindfulness and meditation. 
If you're a four four, but but if if, if if over here, if if health perfection is over here, uh-huh. theoretically, we both want to strive to doing the absolute I would perfection. Agree. But what, so what you're saying is, if if I have the worst propensity, I should just have more motivation to get closer to perfect than you do. If and if you, but either way, we should still be both. I would agree. So. <clears throat> A few years ago, people were scared. They're like, I don't want to know because it's like, is, is it predisposition that's or predestination? That's angering to not want to know. I, I would agree. I, I, to me, it's burying the head in the sand. It's, it's an unwise posture. I don't want to know my death date necessarily. We had this in some question, like some question. Uh-huh. Would, you, would you like to know? I don't know if I want to know the day that I die, but I want to know all the things that are going to possibly get me there quicker that I can be warding off. Sure. Yeah. And and one of those things would be because you already know many, many genetic things. Now, if we had a genetic marker that was related to prostate or whatever else, we could measure that and say, oh, wow, you're 33% more likely than the average Joe. And then, you know, where I would go, I would say, Kevin, you can't or you ought not miss the, the medicine of fasting. You need to clean out the prostate, so to speak, using the tool of fasting. If we knew, well, now you do know that based on a family history. Mm-hmm. And in medically speaking, we take a family history. Now, we've talked about this in the past too, you know, nature versus nurture. The biggest, just because you're a white guy doesn't mean you're going to get skin cancer and whatever else. Now, you chose to bike for five, eight hours on end out in the sun without sunscreen, and you're going to have an increased likelihood of stuff. I do. Look at our faces and look at my spots. Okay. You can't go back and relive 40 years ago, but you can make a change now to decrease the chances of skin cancer and all that kind of stuff in the future. Now we're back to the mind. If you, so people out there, uh, and I would say 23andMe, some of the other genetic studies, uh, companies, Nebula, you of all of the genetic studies that you in LabCorp and uh, Quest, it's fifty-five bucks to know APO status. I, I mean, I'm still back to the motive of this. We'd, be, we'd all be better off to just assume you have the worst propensity possible for dementia and live accordingly. Because I don't. Because if you get but the, that's you, not human. Nature. I know, but if I get, but it's, but it is absolute uh, behavioral psychology to know that if I get the test back. And it makes me uh, shows the best result. I'm prone to be a little more lax. And yeah, give me a donut, man. I'm I'm doing well. I mean, that is absolute human nature. I'd rather, uh, yeah, I'd be better off. Uh, now we're back into what we do most on this show: talk about not the specifics, <laughs> but the psychology. I would be better to have all my tests done, and for you to give me false information that says you're wrecked. You're a wreck. I mean, unless you just destroy me and I worry myself to death. But if I so, take it, you with know what res- you just said, huh? We are better off to use the placebo effect. Yes. And I would agree we probably are. Yeah. To lie to people. And you say, should tell every every patient, oh my gosh, you're near death. We're going to make a dent in You need to disease. fast, eat perfectly, lie exercise. To everybody. Because that's what, when the change happens. I mean, the, the person who is overweight and doesn't, never does anything, never sticks with it and ah, you know, puts it off. And then they have the heart attack. Point, and that, then they, they, if you don't change, you're going to die. And they do, and they generally. Do. It, where is the motivation of enough pain, enough fear, enough aspiration to do the other thing? Okay. So on, on this dementia. So if we, I was going to put it in, okay, the first thing is, yeah, be fit and well, but you're saying in some sense, you should be, if I can say you should be exercising and strengthening your body. Then the counter to that is you should be recovering. recovering you said sleep. So there's, yeah. we're not even, we don't have to say that they're number one and two sequentially, but let's take those and say, uh, obviously, can we just say obvious for the brain, yeah. the better shape your body is in physiologically uh, is, is key. And we can say the same thing, you know, stress. If you're sitting there, we've covered this sure. so often. Yeah. If you're sitting there, stress and worry and anxiety, you're increasing your rate of uh, possibility for dementia genetics. We've hit that. You could have so more propensity. On. Let's leave nutrition, sleep and exercise alone. Cause yeah. hopefully everybody that, that's knows. That's what, what I was trying to do. Right now, more specifically into the brain. I was going to, that's what I was trying to do. Okay. Let's say that now I want to talk about stimulation. That's right. Part Let of that's me, my own bias because I think I'm doing a lot of the fit well stuff. You are good. But what if I am? Well, you not don't stimul- do the mindful part, the mindfulness, meditation, meditation breathing. You're right. We're yeah. going to talk about that in a couple of shows here and, but novelty. So when people say, okay, what's the best exercise for my brain? You know what the best novelty is? It's for us, it's to have a wife. And the whole, the old joke of they change their mind. 
Well, that's great for your brain. <laughs> my wife absolutely <laughs> stimulates my brain. With there you go. Trying to so, have a, a cohesive, a, a healthy relationship. There you it's, go. It's Tonight, hard. bring her some flowers and say, thank you for changing your mind all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Can you do that good. some more? That's good. Okay. And by that, I mean relationship, which is our fourth cornerstone, right? That uh, as a part of healing and wellness is relationship, your own relationship with yourself and then your spouse with God, with the world around you, how you engage in it. And that's why the worst examples of nursing homes or jail is terrible because it, it talk about pruning the bush. I mean, that's taking a hacksaw to it. If you pull back relationships, this is why when a spouse dies, so often the next spouse dies. So it's just a hacksaw to the brain. Hmm. And this is why solitary confinement is so painful. And this is, it's torture. Um, so relationships is novelty to the brain. And this is why a toxic relationship is a hacksaw to the brain. Hmm. Because it needs to be stimulating and loving and trust. And all of those things, you've got to see that as fuel for a healthy brain. And, and so, you know, children, the ACEs score, if you're raised in a, in a horrible environment, that relationship is hacksawing a child's brain. There's, there, you can't recover a whole, if a branch gets cut off at eight, it doesn't regrow. And that's the ACEs score. Yeah. And so over here, the 40, 50, 60 year old, and you're starting to think, my goodness, there's something going on. It doesn't mean to go buy Sudoku and crosswords and things like that. It means nutrition, exercise, sleep, relationships, and the idea of novelty. Okay, so what else? Now people want to know, okay, I got it, but what's concrete? Well, this is where the famous examples are of learn a new language. Mm. That's that's just so new for the brain. Like for me and I retire and I think I would really, you know, like to pick up German again and maybe do some Greek and Hebrew, those kind of things. Learn a new language, go to a new town, just throw a dart on the map. And, and for us, for Marcy and I, and we loved, let's go, let's just pick a town in wherever Germany and go explore, figure out how to ride the subway. Well, you said, you just said the word, I just wrote it out, figure out because yeah, I, I, figure. Figure I, is I, novelty. I want to ask you about the delineation between learning, because my thought is if I learn something, if I go learn about the nuances of traveling to France and living yep. there and I learn, okay, yep, so there's yep. some brain You're stimulation. Uh -huh. I've got to think that the value of that is so much less than going there and figuring it out. I mean, as far as the brain stimulation to actually to go beyond learning and do and it, do to it. figure yeah. something out. Let me bring in the physical. Okay, so the physical learning, learn a new sport, learn a new talent. So music. Huge. Well, I remember my, my son, my oldest son, yep. Caleb, you know, when he was dealing with brain stuff, they had him. They exactly. Yep. I remember that. I tell that story a lot too, that the most valuable thing that he could do was trampoline. And then as he was on the trampoline, it was pat your head, rub your tummy and be on the trampoline and Gosh. do this. Uh, Dr. O'Neill talking about, you know, fit. And here we are again. And we know that as you get older, you talk about Parkinson's, you start to protect your body. Oh, it hurts my knees. My knees ache right, when so I've been I'm down. Not gonna use so knees. I'm not going to bend uh -huh. down. I'm, I'm going to, everything yeah. that hurts, I'm going to protect. I'm going to protect. And you shrink. Yeah. Yep. And, and so that balance, oh, now, you know, I, yep. skiing requires balance yep. and I'm not, I don't have the balance I used yep. to. So we don't do that. And you're saying we should be doing the opposite. Yeah. I'd be better off to start learning, learn. I, I can't do a cartwheel. Here, here's my example. Uh, in our family a few years ago, you know, we got young kids, so that helps keep us young. And here's a great example of they brought home a ripstick. Mm -hmm. Have you done the ripstick yet? Uh, you guys have little, gravel, so you really can't. Well, the kids do it in the house, but I've never, oh, well, I, yeah. I haven't messed with it much. You should. Okay. Why? Because it's going to train. That's yeah. Right. And so it was so interesting. Now I would put myself you know, I had skateboarded as a kid. My, my wife really hadn't. She's an athlete. But I learned it faster than she did. Ryder, who was 12-ish at the time, 10-ish uh, at the time, learned it super quick. But this eight-year-old, he was so mad that he couldn't get it. Mm -hmm. And then the five-year-old at the time couldn't get it at all. 
And then we just watched the development of that. But for me, it was like that afternoon, a few hours of wiggle and fall, wiggle, fall, wiggle, fall, and finally you get it. Here's another one. Have you ever seen the guys that flip the pins? Yeah. Don't you, know? you do that? Yeah. Yeah. You, so you, I can you, do that. You, yeah, you. And, and, but it took a thousand drops. <laughs> but I bet, but with me doing it with my right, I can do it with my left faster than you can begin with your right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So train, my, yeah. that's right. So the brain learns how to learn. And when you combine it with physical, so not just reading about Paris and imagining yourself being there, but you've actually got to. So I should put the headphones on and learn a language while rip sticking. Well, this is God. the absolute danger of Oculus, oh. of virtual reality. Because now you put those things on your eyeballs, you are in Paris and you, you save But there's no 5, way I, I can get the same benefit I would agree. from learning to ripstick. Versus ripsticking on an Oculus. I would agree. I do think that within virtual reality is, we won't talk about that today, but that's coming in the future and it's going to be harmful to humanity. But anyway. How can it not be? How can it not be? Okay. Novelty. And learn a new language, great one. Music, great one. Pick up the piano. But then a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, the, the mountain, Mount Everest of learning how to do that. So what else? Um, if, you know, now, so I had a friend a long time ago who was dealing with some mental health issues and OCD, OCD propensities and whatnot. And I'll, I'll never forget because it was so interesting to me. She lived in LA, so it was easy to do this. The counselor said, I want you to drive home from work different way every single day, which just about ripped her apart. She had figured out the perfect way. Right. And, and now it's going to cost 37 seconds more to go around this way and that way. And, yeah. the, and the effort to figure it out. And there may be something different. And I'm not yeah. used to that, but that was part of her training from a mental health standpoint. And we're here on that same aspect. The, 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 so one of the other things I wanted to be sure and bring up today, dementia uh, in the relationship to TBI, traumatic brain injury. So in con just like if I cut your skin right here, there will be a scar. So if you get a concussion, and now there's various degrees of that, but if there's traumatic brain injury, there's a scar in your brain. Kind of think about it like that. Yeah. Automatic increasing risk. Multiple concussions, more risk. So for people out there who have had concussion, I mean, this is the football players, the movie concussion mm -hmm. and CTE, chronic traumatic encephalitis, yeah. uh, absolute increased risk. So this goes back to... If you know that and you're an APO4 oh. and you sleep six hours a night, you're, you're just, you're asking for dementia. And, well, I, I just want to clarify the concussion uh, aspect because when people hear about that, they think about the football player or the car accident. I think where you got a literal big ticket concussion and the CTE, which right. was the movie concussion with Will Smith that talked about kind of the advent of that coming to light was looking at football players and they weren't talking about the big hit concussion. They were talking about the little chronic daily, little daily. Yeah. Which, That's you know, right. can happen with kids in soccer and yep. with people, I don't know what other things, but, but I want people to hear that if you've had some Here, mild, consistent hits yeah. to the head, let's just talk about humans because most everybody's had a head bunk. Yeah. Okay. So the playground. That's uh, right. Playground, all those kind of things. And then the distinction would be to anybody out there. If so, I ask in the clinic, was there ever a head bonk to the point of loss of consciousness? If the answer is yes, yeah. then consider that almost like having a grandma who had Alzheimer's. Like you've got uh, okay. risk. So, Kevin, I, are you Caucasian? Yeah. Yes. You need to pay attention to the sun. I don't care what your opinion is. Pay attention. If you've had a head bonk, did you ever? Mm -hmm. You had a loss of consciousness? Mm -hmm. So you've got increased risk. And because of that, I would say even more so know your APO4 because it's synergistic or cumulative risk. Do we not know mine? Have I not done that? I don't think so. Okay. Because I don't encourage people true, to use a... Quest and LabCorp because I would say go spend the same amount of money and get 23andMe and all that kind of stuff. Right. Now you get too much information yeah. and you need some help to kind of digest that and what does it mean and all that kind of stuff. So it's a different uh, thought process. We need to do a show on genetics because that's a whole different language and, and it gets very confusing. But APO4 is a little bit more, less confusing. It's more concrete. If you're a four uh, from one parent, and it's about a 5% increased chance. If you're a 4-4, meaning a 4 from both parents, 15% chance. Now, if you have a 4-4 and a concussion, 
then you just right like it would be you just need to make yourself meditate well and this <laughs> this is the the back to the statement of genetics loads the gun that's right lifestyle pulls the trigger so if, if my you're born a 4-4 and you lifestyled as a biker and got a head concussion you yeah. pulled the trigger well but but i would say i want to i want us to use a different term than just genetics your genetics and why because you just said a what, concussion what, what is not I my call, genetics but no, i've got no, no. but what i call antecedents meaning your genetics is what came before right and if you were born into a oh, okay. family of smokers if you were born into a toxic family and there was a divorce uh the adverse childhood event kind of thing if you were born into these are all the things that genetics and everything that so for culture. Uh, so, so genetics you're saying my antecedents antecedents yeah. are 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 literal genetics like my my yep. my fam, familial yep. history yep. but it's also a concussion yeah yes is and also, whether you smoked as a kid whether you now if you if you smoked as a kid that's an antecedent if you still smoke we call it a mediator you're no, still mediating or, or this badness or stupidness yeah right if you well you still mountain bike yeah <laughs> are you going to call it stupid? No, no. Well, okay. Well, what the heck kind okay, of correlation yeah, okay, is that? that was, you got to dumb. Um, a life giving life a is risk. Now okay. you choose not to do the risk of smoking. Yeah. Cause remember we said, sometimes I don't want the guy to quit smoking. Cause he's going to kill his wife. If he does, it's like, uh, let's just well, make you the best gosh. smoker possible. <laughs> We're going to make you the best biker possible by you better wear a helmet. I want to qualify that because if anybody hears that and you haven't heard other shows, if you're new to listening or something, because uh, it's really, I, I like that when you have a patient come in who has XYZ problems in this acute manifestation of a pathology and you look at all the things and go, oh my gosh, you're doing, you know, all these wrong things. You can't just hit them with, oh my gosh, 180. Yeah, change degree, everything in your change, life and become perfect. Because it's probably not going, you're going to say, okay, well, you may ask them, you want to take baby steps, you want to take a big step, whatever, but you literally have had patients. Uh, it's been a while, I'll, I think. I'll tell them, you're not ready to quit smoking. You're not ready to quit smoking. You're going to fail. The thing that's hurting you most right now is... You hate your job. Uh, yeah. Or, or, or whatever. Or you're yeah. living on Pop-Tarts or whatever. Let's get let's fix that first. We'll yeah. get to smoking. Yeah. But right now, it may let's be the lesser you. of all evils. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Um, and so, so yeah, biking, but you, you, you would never not wear a helmet, Right. But some people out there are like, ah, eh, you know, whatever, and yada, yada. And well, our kids, like, it's, yeah. uh, and Marcy said, look, I don't care if you're just riding down the hill, put a helmet on. It's a rule. Uh, we grew I, up without seatbelts. I say that because, you know, I was a pro cyclist. The amount of miles that I put in with, because I, I came into it at the, at the advent that, of helmets. That's, well, they were, they were skiing. They were in the Tour yeah. de France with no helmets, with no helmets back then. It just looks, so it, I it did looks a, weird. I now. did a lot of miles, even after the helmets got imposed for racing, that I did not do it. Well, uh, and you probably training. thought when the helmets first came out, I'm not doing that. Oh, we all did. That's stupid. Pan That's stupid. Pansies. The people skiing with these helmets on. And I thought they must be really bad skiers. Dude, I did not wear a helmet last time <laughs> I skied. One of my kids said something about it. I, just, I know. I just. Well, if you don't value your brain, don't <laughs> invest in a helmet. <laughs> I don't ski very fast. Uh, I, I, I was out yesterday on trails and some of that, you know, I will say that just on the novelty and the movement, because as a pro, now I was a cyclist on the road right. and you can go out on the road and ride a hundred miles and it's a straight line, man, I can zone out and you know, you're not doing that much. You can do that. And it's not, it's not doing much for my brain in my body. It's just kind of, you know, you get your legs and quads and whatever. I do dig mountain biking and I like seeing older guys out there too. I saw some, I came upon some older ladies. I mean, they had to have been past. 70 if not older mountain biking right. and this is a pretty good trail where i mean you're balancing or you're gonna you're not to your death but if you fall over you're gonna get hurt man that's a big drop off over there and you're trying to get over you know rocks i love the novelty of that you cannot be you can't well, not be mentally pres present i was gonna say you guys say it's two hours that i'm not thinking about anything else yeah I, I'm i have about, to be right there sometimes i'll think right i should there. be looking at the horizon but if i do i'm gonna <laughs> that's right. eat it because there's a rock yeah it's that novelty and and you know a flow state yeah. we talk about a flow state where you're you're in the zone yeah. that that the the biochemistry of that is flourishing to the bush that newness so i wrote down some other things because kevin this is one of the times when our, our time is limited but uh oh holy cow so we talked about family history and genetics your brain so glucose and insulin Dementia can, we can justify this phrase, is a version of type 3 diabetes. 
Okay. So Episode. too much glucose over too long. Okay. Right. And so uh, your brain is one of the organs. If you choose to bathe it in glucose with the average of six meals a day, mostly carbs in America, average, getting close to more than 50% of people are eating more than five times a day. You are asking for dementia. Your brain cannot sustain normal existence when there's so much glucose percolating around all the time. It has to defend itself. Okay. And glucose and insulin are inflammatory. And the defense is what equals, if anybody out there knows anything about Alzheimer's and you know about the, uh, the, the plaques and the tangles and the beta amyloid and the protein, that is a defense mechanism of the brain. The brain is defending itself. And the consequence of that defense is what you call dementia. It is not, oh, shame on this beta amyloid. Why is it there? It's there because you're living the life it, that's asking it to be there. Isn't a, an acute treatment for if you've got that coming, would you say fast and keto-ish? Yes. If somebody already knows, well, let's just say if you're overweight, well, well then you've already had by proxy, too much, yeah. by proxy. Yes. And if you are skinny fat, then, and you start to understand the insulin glucose, and if you're ready to make a change, then yes, understand intermittent fasting and prolonged fasting. And yes, uh, understand uh, keto. And I don't propose that everybody should be in keto all the time, but I think dipping in and out of keto in the rhythm. Even if you say the 80-20, you know, the 80% of the time you're keto-ish. And, the other, and when you are having carbs, it's the best you can have. It's whole grain. It's yeah. That and, and we've talked about many shows on how to balance that out. So, yeah. so those are the main things. I would get APO status. I would check MTHFR status as well. I think that had now that's, Say that's a, you said that's a, a MTHFR. Yeah, which, the mother father gene or the the other way to irreverently say it. Right. But people think about that. That has to do with how your body is defending itself inflammation response. All right. So if somebody's an APO4, if they're MTHFR positive down the bad kind of a pathway, it just it's like saying somebody's a very Caucasian white person, they need to have more precautions to not get skin cancer or sunburn. Yeah. If people have had TBI, they're overweight, their insulin is high, their glucose is high, they sleep 6 hours a night, they they don't like their job, they're they're living in rote world. This is what is going to destroy the, it's going to, you're pruning back the brain. And when you make a little snip there, that's when dad or Kevin says, wait, we just talked about what we ate last night. I don't even remember. And everybody's looking at you like, we just talked about five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Now, if you say, oh my gosh, I was totally thinking about, you know, Snoopy over here. Great. That makes sense. But if you say, if they say, you just told us what you ate last night and you can't, now we now something got snipped there. And that's what Alzheimer's is, is we can't connect time, spatial awareness. You know, you walk into the kitchen and not only did you forget why you're there, but you don't know what the kitchen's for. Or you go to your bedroom to make a sandwich and, and you know, people are living with this and it's just heartbreaking. So as we close out today, I think, well, I, I want to say, I mean, you know, we talked about genetics and obviously you can't change those. You can respond accordingly, though, to a degree, it's just a better motivation to do. That's it's to, wisdom to reach towards the, the perfect state that we would try to get to, you know, exercise, uh, obviously good nutrition, obviously, especially anti-inflammatory type nutrition, but sleep. the one that and sleep and the yeah. recovery, the one that we can all instigate and audit whether we're doing or not today and instill fairly easily is novelty. Yeah. Again, to think of the brain, what is your brain not only learning, but I like the figuring out because the, you don't just learn a you language. You the tree house last summer. That was great. What? Building the tree house, oh. figuring out the tree house. That's, oh. a, that's a great example. Yeah. I love doing that. Yeah. Or, or just sitting back and, and figuring that, but whatever yeah. that is, because even the, even the, you don't, you may learn new information. You can't learn the information of a new language and do it. You have to figure out how to get your brain to, to execute to this. Express I mean, it's such a, a yeah. And I, and I'm, I haven't, I've never, well, I did it once, but, um, but we can all Learn a novelty, new language, the language experience. of music, the language yeah. of athletics, the language of a new relationship of those I, kind of I things. Like, and I love the physiological aspect you put in there of getting your body to, yeah, learn to do a cartwheel, do some burpees, do some balance, do dance, twirl around yeah. and just get your mind. Trampoline. Trampoline. Yeah. Is, Rebounding. Yeah. 
Uh, all of those things are great things to invest in. Can you imagine with dementia? You got a, a parent or yourself, you know, early dementia, get on a trampoline. Yeah. Go to a park where it's safe and there's pads and do it a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go. Well, friends, I truly hope this episode has you feeling great agency in your future regarding dementia and cognitive decline in general. If you want to go deeper in this issue, I recommend you connect with Dr. Dale Bredesen, B-R-E-D-E-S-E-N, and his incredible research on the subject, specifically Alzheimer's. So here's to you and your peak wellness. Friends, thank you for tuning into Self Helpful, where I curate the sea of new personal development materials and help you integrate wisdom into your life because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. 